The following is a Mission Studios podcast. Coming to you pre-recorded and edited from Mission Studios, this is the Missionary Position Podcast. We believe that offense is taken, not given. That humor can be found in anything and everything. That owning your shit is more important than worrying about someone else's. It's Sunday. It's January 13th. And I spent the last week wondering why I'm sexy in the mirror, but ugly in pictures. I'm Jason. I may see. And on this week's episode, we get inside the mind of a cheater. We become better people. Good luck. We get worked up over common sayings. And we refuse to stage an intervention. Like I deserve to be an addict. So lube up. Turn off the lights. Lay down. And get ready for some hot chill sexy. I don't know what that is. This is episode 20? Yeah. Okay. letter online earlier on this week and it was written by a young woman who i guess had been cheated on by her significant other and then he broke up with her and then severed all contact with her blocked her on social media so she had no means of contacting him so what she had done to help herself i guess move on from the situation and gain some closure was she'd written a letter that was sort of directed towards him but with the understanding i guess that he was not likely to read it. She just needed to get some shit off her chest. So just put it out to the universe so it's there kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to read through um, what her letter was. And then, um, yeah, I guess we can get into it a little bit. All right. She wrote, I just truly want to know what was going through your mind when you did all of those terrible things. Not even just to me, to everyone. Every single person you met, you were my best friend, and you told me all the time I was yours too. Your closest one at that. You told me every day that you loved me, yet you went and did that. Cheated an iconic number of times while swearing to me, with tears in your eyes, that you'd never do that to me. Why? Did it make you feel better? Did all the shit you put me through make you feel like more of a man? Or what? I'd love to be able to text you and just ask you, I wish somehow you'd see this and answer these questions so I don't have to wonder anymore. But you couldn't even tell me the truth when you had no more reason to lie to me anymore. So it would be futile. I have so many questions left, unanswered, and that's really hard to live with sometimes. It's hard to get over when you don't even know what to get over. But thanks for ruining my sense of trust. You could have just left me alone, but I guess I see how that would have been no fun. I hope you're proud of yourself and that it was all worth it somehow. Reading this, I I found it kind of emotional because I've been cheated on in the past. But the part that I found really the most moving is that I've been the cheater in these situations. And to see the other side of what I've done to these women in my past, it compelled me to sort of speak up. So I wrote this reply to her and it said, Speaking from the experience of someone who used to be that guy, I can offer a little perspective. Cheating did make me feel like more of a man. The truth is that I was an insecure man-child who was unable to take responsibility for my own issues. I knew I was garbage, and it bothered me that my wife could see it. Women who didn't know me saw what I wanted them to see, and I felt validated by the attention. 
It made it easier to blame my wife for my insecurities, to pretend that she chose to see only the bad in me. I couldn't admit that she saw what I offered her. Again, a problem with myself that I wouldn't own. Everyone who knew me knew what I was all about. Instead of growing up, I crapped on all of them in different ways. Again, they paid the price for my shortcomings. I caused hurt that can't be undone. I share this story openly because nobody deserves to lose their ability to trust. Nobody deserves to think, even for a moment, that they somehow asked for it. Cheaters aren't complex. Likewise, I suspect that the truth behind your unanswered questions isn't complex either. Hopefully this helps in some small way. Hmm. So I, I have to ask, was there a reply to that? I'm sorry? Was there a reply to that? No, there was no reply. The uh, The original post was taken down a couple days after it went up. And, and I, I think really, I mean, it had served its purpose mm-hmm. in that she had at least got to throw her feelings out there. Right. But it was nice that somebody could, well, not closure, but at least understand the, from a male perspective that it was his inadequacies that caused him to cheat, not hers. Yeah, I mean, like, I... I I can't say for certain what he was all about. I don't know Mm -hmm. the guy. Again, speaking from my own experience, but I mean, having talked to a couple of people about the matter, it it seems to be like the, the, at least among those people that are able to own their fucking shit Mm -hmm. to look back uh, retrospectively and say, okay, well, why did I do these things? I I found that most of the sentiments very closely mirrored, mirrored my own. Right. I'm just wondering like, if you've had any experience with this sort of thing, either as the, the person who's been cheated on or the person who has cheated. Well, you know, in every relationship I've been cheated on, so that's <laughs> that that's self-evident. But there was honestly only one time that I actually cheated, because I'm pretty open with everybody I get involved with. They know exactly what I am, where I am, where I'm coming from, why I'm coming from. And the few times that I've agreed to be monogamous, it's been an error. <laughs> it's been a mistake. Because that's just not the way you're wired. No, because I've been cheated on. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, and, and it's not how I'm wired, but it's it's so much more than that. And so I guess I don't, I classify it as cheating, but the only time I ever did, I found out my ex was sleeping with my then best friend. Oh. And I found out. And, but I told her straight up, okay, you did that. We're still in a relationship. I'm doing this. And I went out and did the deed. And then I came back and I. Okay. So when you, when you say did this, you mean you went and fucked somebody else? I went and got laid. Okay. And I told her I was doing it. I wasn't, there was no shadiness. I said, we're still in a relationship and I know you're not agreeing to this, but too fucking bad, basically. That's basically like what you needed to do to Even the score. Okay. Yep, I had to even the score. And as you know, like, I am a pretty petty person. I think shit, small shit bothers me because, well, for a number of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. So I went out, did the deed, and then an hour later came home and started to tell her in detail what I did. And she said, well, I don't need to hear this. And I said, you're fucking right, you do. <laughs> and I explained to her exactly what I did and gave her every gory detail and told her why I did it. Okay. And... Yeah, three months later, she left. <laughs> okay, so, like I, I guess in a in a sense, and you're not really like in the best position to like 
give any like insight into the mind of like a quote unquote cheater, right? Because I mean, it sounds like this was just a punitive measure that you imposed. It wasn't the case of you had a wandering eye and had to fucking act on this lust. Right. Well, I've got a wandering eye, but I just don't act on it. Okay. Right. Um, but I can definitely empathize with her having been cheated on with every woman I've been with. <laughs> it, it's it's a hard thing to deal with because, you know, like having been like when I was cheated on the, the first time for sure. I mean, after that, I almost half expected it. <laughs> right. But the first time I was cheated on, I mean, it was just so completely out of the blue. And I thought that this woman that I was with, I like presumably were in love. And I, my understanding was the relationship was solid Mm -hmm. and she was my best friend. Very similar to the sentiments that this girl had written in her letter here. And the, the first thing I wanted to know was why? And because I couldn't get any answers, because, I mean, it was sort of a, like, it was a very similar situation for me. This this girl I was with had cheated on me, and then she severed contact. She wouldn't take my calls. I mean, there wasn't, like, social media at the time. This is going back a couple of years. Because you're old. Yep. Yeah. I had no means of contacting her. I couldn't get any answers. I couldn't get any closure. And I was just left with this feeling of insecurity and uh, betrayal. And it didn't take long for me to start thinking, well, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. I beat myself up for years over that, thinking that it was something deficient in me that caused her to stray. I mean, it's possible that there was a problem in the relationship that I wasn't aware of. Right. But I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been in a position where I had to just assume that it was something I'd done wrong. At the very least, you know, if you're going to, like, fuck me over like that, at least have the decency to tell me why. Give me the answers. Mm-hmm. You know, like, with, with with your experience, I mean, you, you told the woman what the fuck was going on. You gave her your reasons, right? Mm-hmm. There could have been a lot of different reasons. I mean, now that I'm older and hopefully a little wiser, you know, I, I, I wouldn't cheat on somebody I'm with. If it gets to the point where I feel like I need out, and this is assuming that we're in a monogamous relationship, mm-hmm. But if I feel like I need out of a monogamous relationship, even just for a little bit of free time, I'd rather have a conversation to say, look, like I need a piece of strange in order to be happy with you. Or if I know that the woman I'm with is not okay with that, I'd rather just break up with her. Mm-hmm. But no matter which way things go, there's going to be a goddamn conversation and there's going to be some fucking answers. Right. Because I don't want to be the person that causes another person to wonder mm-hmm. forever, you know, like what the fuck happened. Right. And I, I always had this opinion of myself that like, I'm such a good judge of character. Right. And for the most part I am, you know, like the people I involve in my life and, and, you know, I weigh them out and decide where they go. And I categorize every single person that I deal with, not because I'm judging them, but where they fit in my life. Sure. It's that simple. And the one area that I've learned that I really lapse in this kind of judgment is the relationship arena. Well, I guess we all got our blind spots, right? Well, every time I've got into a relationship, I thought, well, this is a different person. I'm not going to judge her because of what happened before. She's going to be different. And the only difference was the cup size. That was it. Fair enough. Up until now. And now I've got this, whom I think is an incredible woman, stands right beside me every step of the way. So I'm still hoping for the best. Well, I guess at the end of the day, that's like really... 
most of it, isn't it? Well, it is, but it's also it's also given me some enlightenment because I informed her where I was, like right off the bat. You know, this is where I am. This is the kind of relationship, yada yada yada. But I also had the opportunity to inform her of my insecurities, what I am insecure about. If you do this, it will trigger me because of this from the past. And and because I've been cheated on so often, it's allowed me, it's given me that insight that I can be 100% honest about where my insecurities are and and put them out there so they're understood. So if they're broken, then I know it's deliberately broken. It's not by accident. Okay. You know what the problem is. Therefore, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, if anybody listening has got any insight from either side of the situation, either that you've been cheated on or you've cheated on your partner, or even if like it's an ongoing thing where you're actively being cheated on or you're actively cheating on somebody, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think we all know how to protect our anonymity online. If you've got to set up like a dummy Hotmail account or something, just send us an email, send us a message and... And let us know your insights. Cause and, and let us know if you want us to use your name or not. Yeah. Because if it's a dummy email account, doesn't mean we know that it's a dummy email account. Yeah, like we'll, we'll respect your privacy as much or as little as you choose. Right. And we've been getting some pretty good feedback lately. So, you know, people are really starting to chime in and give us feedback. But we need to know what you want us to do with that. Like, do you want to stay an, an anonymous or do you want to be a, a Z-class celebrity with us and have us put your name on there? But yeah, just tell us what you want. Put it in an email, missionarypod at gmail.com. And we'd love to share your thoughts on the air. So normally when I've got a little bit of time to myself and I get lost on my own thoughts, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking happy thoughts, you know, like boobies. Butt cracks and yoga pants. Ew. Sweat. Ugh. I didn't say they were doing the yoga, just that the pants were just cupping that ass. And, and I, th- I think about that, that, that cute girl, Charlotte, from the paint counter. Mm, yeah. But, you know, like, these are the type of thoughts I, I normally just sort of get lost in, because these are good places to be. I mean, I like cleavage, I like bums, and I like inappropriately young girls who work at the paint counter. <laughs> oh, that's a far stretch. Bums, homeless people, and people who work at the paint counter. Okay. However you want to take that, that's fine. <laughs> but once in a while, I actually do get lost in a train of introspective thought that is actually meaningful. Hmm. And this was one of those rare occasions. Okay, and, hold and- on a second. You gave me shit on episode six for saying something fucking intellectual. Remember that? I do. So, Yeah. I can't but, wait to hear this. But this something. is episode 19, so mm-hmm. I'd say live in the now. So, <laughs> so, sort, sort of the, the, the train of thought, thought I got settled on was, you know, like, I want to be a better person, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. So, am I just settling? No, I want to be rich, but... <laughs> You know, because I, I, I can identify all the different ways in which I'm kind of a shitty person. And anybody who's listened to three or more of our episodes can probably come up with a reasonably complete list. You mean like an Excel, Excel spreadsheet full of your shit? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and not just me. I mean, no, like, just we, yeah, we've exposed ourselves pretty good on this show. And like, I understand that there are flaws in, I, I don't want to say my character, though I probably should be saying my character. There's certainly flaws in the way I communicate my points. There's flaws in my attitudes. There's like, there's just general, like, shitty things about me. And the creature you are. That, 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 that I, I just don't like. I know that with a little bit of work, I could improve upon them. I could be the person that I would like to be, mm-hmm. but I'm not actually taking the steps to change these areas that I tell myself I would like to change. So like when I ask, am I settling? This is a case of like, am I just like telling myself, you know what? It's not worth the effort. Why don't you just be okay being a complete and utter piece of shit? Well, I guess the question from that is, are you thinking you're a better person because you want in your head to be like everybody else and think you're a better person? And is that because you're not okay in who you are with being a piece of shit? Because in this one, we're totally different. I have no aspirations to be anything but what I am right now. I don't want to be any better. I like who I am. And to my ear, because you're only in my left ear, (laughs) to my ear, I hear I don't know if I'm really okay with myself. See, I would say like you're, you're hearing that properly because I am not okay with myself and I don't know if I ever will be completely okay with myself and when I say like I'm not okay with myself what I mean is I think that there's always room for improvement and 10 years from now I'd like to think that I would have developed and grown and matured and changed in some good ways Mm -hmm. uh, from the way I am right now today well, I think we can say that we will evolve with that way in some respect. Because if we look at ourselves in our in our show, like we did a retro, uh, a retrograde episode, and you know we've seen the difference in how we communicate, how we have grown, and where we've become now than we were back then. Yeah. The question is: Is it going to be enough for you? What we will be in a year from now compared to what we are now? Well, say, like, if I look over, like, the last year and all the growth and the changes that have happened. Right. While some of that stuff, I, I don't know that, like, it it wasn't necessarily a case of these things just happened and it was no work. I think opportunities presented themselves that we weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. We did decide to seize on the opportunities and do the work to build on uh, basically what had dropped in our laps as far as like developing better communication skills between the two of us, maybe not necessarily between us and our listeners, but you and I understand each other quite well now. Right. And we don't um, get upset with each other like we used to. We talk things through, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of things like we've just gotten uh, better in the way we react to situations, to people all across the board. Mm-hmm. As I know both of us, we've had conversations with people outside of this friendship that, you know, they, they find our expectations a little intimidating because we've seen how it can be. Right. And we sort of like kind of, I think, want that everywhere we go. So, I mean, yeah, all, all of that to say this, I'm not blind to the fact that growth and change has happened. Right. That being said, I don't, ever want to be at a point where I can look back and think, you know what, I've done so much changing and so much growth, I'm good enough now, I think I'll stop. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just, like, you know, like, I'm 
I do celebrate all of the accomplishments that I've made and that we've made. Mm-hmm. I still want more, you know, but I, I, I kind of have to ask myself, like, how much do I want more? Not how much more do I want, but how much do I want more? Like, if I mm-hmm. wanted that badly, why am I not fucking doing anything about it? Right, because normally if you want something that badly, you're doing something. Yeah, so, like, I, I kind of have to wonder, like, where are my motivations at? Like, this is just a case of, like, I mean, you sort of, like, made a joke earlier on, say, like, well, you you want to be rich. <laughs> well, you know, how much do you want to be rich? You know, like, they're... <laughs> Are you doing literally everything you could possibly do to achieve that goal? If not, I would say maybe that goal isn't as important to you as you might want it to be. Right. Or maybe it's a case of like, I don't want to get rich. I want to be rich. That's a different thing. Right. Because it's the getting part where the work is is, is to be had. And it's not like I necessarily want to, like, I, I know I want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to become a better person. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, okay, so I'm not in total disagreements with you. Like, I know through our show and our conversations and by interaction, and I know through interaction with you because of how we are, I will grow from where I am now. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I don't want growth. I'm not putting an expectation on it. I will organically become who I'm going to become with whatever life gives me. And I don't have any desire to steer that in any certain way. Now I'm okay with who I am right now. I don't need to change anything for me. Other people may say, Oh, you got to change this. You got to change that. I don't live for you. I live for me. So for me, it's a matter of, I know I'm going to change. I know I'm going to grow and I'm going to let that happen organically. I'm not going to put, I want to be this or I want to be that. Whereas in that sense, you're a bit more analytical than I am. So you have to have a destination so you can see the path that you're taking to get there. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very rarely content to just to be along for the ride. Right. I, I, I need to lie to myself and make myself think that, make myself feel like I'm actually steering the ship. Well, yeah, but you're not lying to yourself. Just because I'm okay letting it happen organically doesn't mean you can't set out a path for you to get where you want to be. That doesn't mean you're lying to yourself. It just means you're doing things differently. Yeah, fair enough. So I, I guess ultimately, like, the, the question I had, like, am I settling, like, I mean, you know me better than, I guess, pretty much anybody else. I would say, I would say, no. You're not settling. You're looking for a destination. You're just not sure of the destination that you want to see yourself mold into. You think it might be this. You think it might be that. But you're not sure yet. Therefore, you are undecided. But you're not settling. You're undecided on where what that looks like for you. And over time, you may become more solidified in your in your resolve. Actually, I think I just learned something about myself right now because, you know, now that you say that, it, it actually kind of makes sense mm-hmm. because um, it, it, it's almost like a hesitation. It's it's like I understand, like, in a broad sense, I want to be a better person and there's things about myself I, I don't like. So this might be a, a case more of me being clear about what I don't want to be. Uh, more so than being clear about what I do want to be. And until I figure out what the stuff is that I do want, I can't mm-hmm. really plan out a, uh, a course of attack. Okay, but now you're more open-minded to see what you don't want. Now that you've recognized it and put it out there, you're more more able to see, okay, this is happening. Wait, whoa, okay, yeah, I don't want that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I don't know if this is so much a listenable segment or is this just me getting free therapy here with a microphone in front of me? Oh, I think this is a good segment. And I'm leaving all this fucking shit. Or, no, this one, you're leaving all this shit in. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe from now on you should open up every show with like, this is Dr. Jason Moore. I am listening. <laughs> no, no, that's my other podcast. If you would like to make a per-episode donation, visit www.patreon.com slash missionarypod. I was reading on a friend's Facebook page the other day, and she was off on a bit of a tear about somebody, uh, I guess, copying some of her artistic expression work. And I, I guess one of the people that she'd been complaining to about this whole thing had told her, well, you know, you shouldn't get upset because imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And her response to this was, imitation isn't the sincerest form of flattery. It's a cry for help from the lame and unoriginal. <laughs> <laughs> and which I thought, you know, like, there's parts of that I agree with, parts maybe I don't, but mm-hmm. what it really did get me thinking about was like what other common sayings float around out there that you and or I disagree with. Horseshit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I thought maybe we'd like take a few minutes here and just think of some of like the common sayings and you know just weigh in on them all right okay so i don't know like i'll put you on the spot i'll let you pick one out of the air here and (laughs) just roll with it (laughs) okay how about never put off till tomorrow what you can do today (laughs) yeah so you want me to feedback on that one or do you have some thoughts that's fucking asinine I agree. But I'll let you go first. I said it, you go first. So when you say it, I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of shit that I will put off tomorrow that maybe I can technically do today, Mm -hmm. but today might not be the best day to do it. Sometimes I just don't fucking want to. Yep. And if I don't want to, I'm not going to give it my best shot. And some things actually matter enough to bring the best I possibly can to the table. And if I don't have that today, but I might have it tomorrow... Absolutely, I'm putting it off until tomorrow. Right. Or maybe it's becoming on the end of the day and, you know, you got a really nice job that you have to do and you figure, well, you know what? Okay, I could probably rush it in two hours, but I'm also tired and now, you know what? I'm going to wait till tomorrow so I can give it my best. So, yeah, I mean, if I was going to rewrite this one, I'd say, you know, sometimes you shouldn't procrastinate. Sometimes your procrastination is well fucking justified, so don't fucking sweat it. <laughs> if I was going to rewrite it, I would say, why would you type horseshit like this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, your turn. Well, I think, like, following the, the theme of, like, how we're approaching this whole thing, mm-hmm. how about two heads are better than one? Well, if you're a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think if you're a guy, two heads is kind of an unavoidable fact of biology. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, two heads is better than one, but that's the only situation that I can think of that is that is necessity a good thing. Nessa? <laughs> wow, that sounded really dumb. Necessarily? You illiterate you. fool? Yeah, that one. <laughs> no, and I think, like, what the the theme of this one is is what? Like, basically, like, if you have, like, 
two, two people two, thinking. Two minds approaching it, right? Not like right. two physical heads. Right, which is stupid because sometimes you want you have one clear idea in somebody's head, but you need four hands to get it going. We deal with this shit on the show all the time, right? Like most of the conversations we have, we've both got clear ideas of the points that we want to make in the conversation. Right. We derail each other constantly. Yep. So depending on what the task or the subject matter is, I think sometimes one head is better than two. Sometimes right. five heads are better than one. But, mm-hmm. you know, case by case basis, I think. Absolutely. All right. Um... Okay, one that I always thought was absolutely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> because if you do this, you're an idiot and you got your fucking head on wrong. Okay. <laughs> Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I'm just picturing like, like those those old-timey like lion tamers <laughs> sticking their head in the lion's <laughs> mouth, but I'm picturing it like horse version. Or, or, or Mr. Ed trying to hand you a gift and talk to you at the same time. <laughs> I know it's not really a horse story so much as like a cow story, but I think about like field trip when I was a kid and Jim McKimmy sticking his cock in the calf's mouth and getting basically locked in there until the farmer had to fucking free him. What? What? Is this like an imaginary person and it was really you? No, no. It was like an actual school field trip and Uh a bunch of us kids dared this one kid, Jim McKimmy. And if he's listening, sorry, Jim, but you fucking got it coming because you put your cock in a fucking cow's mouth. Or, or he didn't have it coming because he was clenched too hard. <laughs> no, it was what happened was like the, the farmer was showing us how like if you got a bottle of milk, you could feed the baby calves or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, us being like a bunch, I think it was like grade fives. So, I mean, there's a lot of hormones and curiosity and fucking sexual ignorance going on. And we convinced Jim McKimmy that like sticking his cock in the calf's <laughs> mouth would be like just like getting a blowjob. What we didn't realize, any of us, especially poor fucking Jim, was that these cows have a lot of suction at that age. And they use their teeth when they need. He could not get his dick out of the cow's mouth. And he screamed and screamed. And the teacher came and looked at me and another friend of mine like she knew it was our fault. The farmer was pissed off. And that, anyways. Well, and he couldn't get the cow off. And the cow couldn't get him off. So... It sounds like an even trade to me. Anyways, all of that to lead here, oh my God. which is, what were you saying? Don't look, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. How the fuck did we get to cows? I don't fucking know. All right. Anyways. You know, talking about two heads are better than one. Yeah, what a fucking <laughs> load of shit. I got a problem with don't look, to look a gift horse in the mouth, because I think like basically it's saying like if somebody's giving you some shit for free, don't question it. Just take it as is. Appreciate the gift, yeah. And I can appreciate a gift... And still ask, like, okay, well, why are you giving this to me? What's wrong with it? Like, there's got to be a string attached. Because mm-hmm. life has taught us that that's just the way things work. Nothing is fucking free. There's always at least an emotional cost. Right. So I just want to identify what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I'll get look that fucking gift horse in the mouth. Because the reality is it's not free. Right. The gift horse in the mouth is is amplifying that this is free, no hassles, no obligation. Yeah, really. I mean, but, what I think they're trying to say is don't try to identify the fact that I'm bribing you somehow or trying to obligate you with this fucking free shit. Right. And nothing has taught us better than Christianity about that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, don't look Jesus in the holes in his hands. <laughs> Just don't lick the holes. <laughs> Ew. Okay. You need money to make money. Oh, yeah. That's fucking horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of horse shit going on. Like, do you have another response, maybe a more original one? Um, 
That is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I came back up. I came up with that like back in like 1910. Um, <laughs> it is bullshit. There you go. Different kind of shit. Um, <laughs> hey, that's how we get the cows. Yeah. Um, there is lots of time when we've had to put in just labor. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to have money to make money. It doesn't take money to make money. You need time to make money. And you need knowledge to make money. But when you're 16 years old and you're heading off to work, you're not giving the employer money to get more money back. But you don't no. necessarily need knowledge to make money. I mean, you could just have a wet hole. Well, you still got to know how to use it or you're not going to get money coming back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> Holy fucking hell. Wow. <laughs> um, oh, here's one. Um, the meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit on that one. Because you know who's going to inherit the earth? Is the fucking ruthless, cutthroat, opportunistic pricks who will take what's in front of them with no regard to what's fair or right or decent. And convince you that you want to give it to them. Not only is meekness like not a prerequisite, I think it's actually a hindrance. In fact, if you want to inherit anything, actually, you know what? If if your expectation is that the earth is going to bestow something upon you, maybe like being meek and humble and all that shit and just waiting and hoping that fucking money falls from the sky might be the way to go. But that's not the fucking world we live in. Mm-hmm. You know what the meek get? The meek get stepped on. And a pencil set. <laughs> <laughs> gay. <laughs> And not the good kind of gay. I'm talking the bad kind of gay. Like having to go to brunch and antiquing on a Sunday. Hey, no shut f- up. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say no offense. <laughs> I take offense to that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. There's something else I want to say here. Okay. About the meek inheriting the earth. Yeah. I'm some fucking redneck fucking hillbilly son bitch from the big city turned hillbilly. <laughs> And you the reality can... is, I'm lucky if I'm looking down the good side of a drinking straw to an it. So, <laughs> the meek are not going to inherit the earth. I might get a fucking flowered pot, but that's about it. That's <laughs> the closest to anything earthy I'm getting. Fuck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, speaking of getting what's coming to you. <laughs> okay, up. Uh, Pull my pants down after the show. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Okay, first off, don't bite at all. That fucking hurts. <laughs> um, yeah, when it comes to teeth, less is more. Absolutely. And if you don't have any, is that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most. Or if you can take them out and put them on the bedside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, see, horseshit. <laughs> I have to fucking go there. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Well, when you come from where I come from, you eat as much as fast as you can. The more you get in the mouth, the more you eat. Just sort of like a dog, I guess. Yeah. You're going to the food shelters and or the homeless shelters to get food, you know, the meal of the evening and such. You're eating as fast as you can so you can get the fuck back up and eat more. And you're putting more than you should in your gullet. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, like, that's talking, like, in a literal sense, which yeah. like, absolutely makes fucking sense. I think, like, in a more metaphorical sense, every time I've bettered myself, uh-huh. it's because I took on more than I could handle. 
You stretched yourself. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, really what this fucking thing is saying is don't ever uh, venture outside of your comfort zone. Don't do anything that you aren't positive you can do. I said you stretched yourself. You agreed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this right. is like one of those rare instances of me going highbrow and you going lowbrow. <laughs> I just like that you stretched yourself and you're okay with that. I'm fine with it. I, I don't like when there's like anal fissures. I like everything just to like fit. Just rip that motherfucker. <laughs> well, look, I, yeah. All right. Sorry, back on track here. Yeah, I think it was your turn to say something. <laughs> I did, and I couldn't stop laughing because of it. Um, okay. Um, two's company, three's a crowd. Uh, speaking strictly from a sexual context, I will wholeheartedly disagree with that mm-hmm. statement. Coming from a TV junkie, we've learned all through the 70s and 80s that three's company. But they did have that ill-fated sitcom, uh, or sorry, that ill-fated spinoff called Three's a Crowd. Oh, yeah, because the dad lived with him. Right. So it evolved over time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes, like, for me, sometimes two is a crowd. Sometimes, like, the, the, the voices in my own head no, is enough company. Absolutely. Sometimes three isn't enough. Sometimes I need, like, eight or ten in order to you know, feel like I'm in good company. Mm-hmm. And again, context. Yeah, I, I think ultimately, like, the appropriate number is whatever you need in the moment. And, like, this is just fucking stupid. Yep. It's better to be safe than sorry. Hmm. I mean, not if you're Canadian. I mean, you want to be sorry, like, all the time. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, in Canada, sorry always comes first. <laughs> <laughs> it's a requirement for citizenship. Are you sorry? Yes. Welcome to Canada, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when you're passing somebody their hard hat, oh, sorry. <laughs> I should have handled that higher. Oh, in all seriousness, though, like, what do you think of this one? <clears throat> well, I definitely don't agree with it because it's healthy to get outside of your normal. It's, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm having a hard time putting the words together because this, this is... In it's so head, far beyond stupidity. stupid, it's hard to articulate, like, anything intelligent to respond. Well, how can you? You're it, That's okay. So, here you go. Here's a nice little white box. Live in that fucker for the rest of your life. Don't go, don't move up, don't upgrade, don't get a fucking one-bedroom apartment. Live in a fucking little box for the rest of your life, and here's your fucking Cheerios. I think that's the problem with a lot of the millennials is that, you know, they've existed their entire lives living according to this philosophy. Everybody's telling them this, like, you know, be safe, be safe. You know what? I would rather be sorry and have a fucking awesome story to tell and know that I challenged myself and I fucking left it all on the field than to look back and think, well, nothing bad happened. But you know, I could have played that a little bit harder. Yeah, to me, like, I don't know. If you don't ever put yourself out there, if you don't take the risks in life, then nothing fucking amazing is ever going to happen. Amazing doesn't happen to people that are playing it safe. Amazing happens to people that are willing to look catastrophic failure in the eye and keep fucking plowing forward. Mm -hmm. And safe gets safe. Period. You don't get anything exciting when you're safe. Yeah. You don't get children. (laughs) Fuck you, old-timey wisdom. (laughs) Well, okay. Fuck you, old-timey wisdom. How about with age comes wisdom? I think with observation 
and open-mindedness and learning comes wisdom, mm-hmm. coupled, of course, with a healthy dose of intelligence. But just getting old, that doesn't make you any wiser. It just makes you grayer and balder and fatter, maybe. And old. And old. Right. So with age comes wrinkles. But... I know I know some really stupid people who are old. Yeah. I know some really wise people who are middle-aged. Sure. Wisdom is not significant to to a number or to an age. Wisdom is somebody who's just willing to open their fucking ears and concentrate on what's going on. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, let me think here. Oh, many hands make light work. Well, if you're fucking putting up a wall. <laughs> well, it's the thing. I mean, like, literally, like, you'd have to be living in some, like, old-timey garbage com- community with a bunch of shit people that are building barns to kill a Saturday, right? Like, But as far as, like... Out, Raise out, a barn on Saturday, go to church on Sunday. Yep. Sorry for but yeah, like many hands, I don't know, that, that makes light work of like lifting shit. Mm-hmm. But Or many hands in a store makes for a really good thieving ring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can think of a lot of types of work where many hands just means like many hands in my fucking way. If I'm in my shop and I'm working on wood and there's many hands in my way, somebody's losing a fucking finger. Yeah. Yeah, yep. you got a fucking piece of fucking wood turning on the lathe. Let's have like 17 hands on the fucking chisel. Like, Really? Yep. Or 17 chisels on the wood. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That whole many hands thing, though there are times where I think it works, I think more often than not, it just adds a clusterfuck element to what could have been an otherwise well-organized task. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, you know, if you're working on a group project, fine, you know, everybody can have their input. But in the end, certain people do certain work. Sure. If you have 15 people in a board meeting to decide to do something, those 15 people aren't going to be fucking building it. Two or three will. Yeah, I think ultimately what makes light work is organization. And intelligence. Yes. Work smart, not hard. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't really think of any more of these fucking common quotes. I don't know if you got anything more. Mm, okay, I, could, I do got another one. Okay. How about, <laughs> good things come to those who wait. And wait, and wait, and wait. Okay, I'm 47 years old. I've been waiting for my pile of gold, and there's fucking nothing here. Okay, I think good things come to, like, two types of people. Mm-hmm. People that are just, like, really fucking lucky and people who bust ass to get what they want. Right. But if you're just going to sit there with your thumb up your ass waiting, I got news for you, jackass. Nothing good is coming. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how hard you pray. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what else <laughs> to say to that. Do you have anything to add? It, that just seems pretty to the point. No, I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's not make people wait too long. Let's just pull the plug on this fucking segment, and the good thing to come will be the end of this. Okay, so I got a question for you. All right. If you know somebody who's got, like, a raging addiction, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about, well, I, I really like fucking coca-cola or pop rocks but like somebody's got like a raging fucking like cocaine addiction is it your fucking problem as a friend or i don't want to say problem is it your responsibility as a friend to pull this guy aside and say hey you're fucking up your life either clean up or i'm going to tell your wife so is this like in reference to like my past or is this am i looking at it like where i am right now outwardly towards someone else 
Well, let's play a hypothetical, okay? Like, it's not, like, super hypothetical, because I think, like, we both know ultimately who I'm talking about. But say, like, you know, we've got, I don't want to say, like, a close friend, but, like, an acquaintance, a buddy. Okay. And the situation is that this guy used to have a problem with addictions in his past. He cleaned up, presumably. Okay. uh, Met a girl. She told him, like, okay, like, I realize that you got a past. Everybody's got a past, but... A deal breaker for me is if you ever start like doing blow again, then you and I are fucking done because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be with an addict. That's fair. Okay. Yep. And so he's like, yeah, okay, totes. Like it's just like it's in the past. You know, it's not something that's gonna come up again. And for many years that was the case. And then um, recently he started using again, and like not just a little bit, like a lot. Somehow. It appears as though she's completely oblivious to the situation. So my question to you is, as his buddy, as his pal, as his acquaintance, do you have any ownership in the situation? Is there any, like, moral imperative upon you to go and say something either to him or to her? Well, in in this specific case, I think you have, I call it a one-rule obligation. Okay. Or, or a one-strike obligation. Because he's a buddy... You know, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, dude, you know what, like, look at yourself right in the fucking mirror where you are right now, because you're going to fuck everything up. I'm not going to go into it. You know what you're doing fucking wrong, but it's my one-time thing. I have to tell you, you're going to fuck yourself. So, look at yourself in the mirror. Anywhere you go from here, it's up to you. But it's my obligation one time, because you're a buddy of mine, this is where it is. So, this isn't so much like coming from a place of judgment, obviously. No. And it's not like you're saying, like, okay, you gotta, I'm gonna help you get through this. It's like, none of this shit. It's just a case of, like, look, dude, like, if I fucking notice it, like, don't think everybody else in your life isn't noticing it. Just sort of like a wake-up call to him that maybe he's not hiding it so well. Is that sort of how you're looking at it? That's pretty much it, yep. Okay. And that he's gonna fuck himself. Because most times, just looking back very quickly, when I think back to when I started, I didn't realize what path I was going down. And I don't know if it would have made a difference if somebody told me, but if I was going back down that path now, and a buddy told me that, then at least now, I've, because I'm a bit more intelligent, I'm grown up, yada, 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 I might be able to see something and put my put the brakes on. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, like, it's one of those things where this isn't obviously like a hypothetical situation in my life. Like, I do know a guy, and this is the situation. And some of our mutual friends have been, like, sort of like busting my balls a little bit saying hey like you got to go and talk to this guy because you know it's the right thing to do and blah 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 others of my friends yourself included have been like no it's not your fucking problem you know and so i started thinking about like one of the conversations i had was with you know like a friend of mine who is a little bit younger than me and i think she's probably a little bit more idealistic Oh, yeah, you're, you're making, like, little motions with your fingers, okay? She's young enough to be my daughter, okay? Yeah, uh-huh. fine. Yeah. Young enough, yeah. <laughs> She's perfectly legal and perfectly ripe, so we'll leave it at that. Her, her perspective was, like, if you've, if you've got the ability to positively influence the situation and you don't, then you're a piece of shit. I don't agree with that. But, you know, the, the good thing that did come out of her having that idealistic, naive fucking nonsense stupid garbage fucking insight <laughs> i was so busy running her down i forgot where i was going with that um no part par- part of like me responding at least mentally to 
that that insight was starting to think about okay well what are my reasons for not acting and also what would hypothetically re- be my reasons for acting in the situation and what i really came up with like you and i came up with this together is ultimately like there's there, there's no payoff for me in this situation like mm-hmm. i know some people would listen to this and say well you know the payoff is doing the right thing well the right thing for who like there's zero payback mm-hmm. maybe for me like my life doesn't improve in any way if a conversation with me gets his life back on track. Yep. They're like, if I hated the guy like real bad and I wanted to fuck him up, the payoff might be like, I could tell his wife and then I could laugh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like laugh while his life spirals out of control. Right. Or I might tell her so that I can console her sexually, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to fuck her and I don't want to fuck him over. So there's really nothing to motivate me here because having people think, Hey, AC did the right thing. I don't fucking care because, like, I could do something and half the people would, like, wave me on, or I could do nothing and the other half of the people would wave me on. Right. So I think really what this comes down to is, like, we'll use this guy's raging coke addiction as a lead in for the real conversation, which is why do we do the things that we do? Self gratification. That's it. The truth is, we're all shitty people. We do things, you know, yeah, it's nice, like, okay, if I'm walking down the street and I see somebody that's homeless that I know, I have no problem getting them something to eat, you know? Sure. And yes, 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 there is a part of me that says, oh, I'm helping out. But the the other other part that's truthfully there that so many people deny is that it's making me feel good. I feel good because I'm putting food in this dude's belly. Sure. Sure. It's self-gratification. What's the reason for stepping in and helping an addict get a better life? The truth is, you feel accomplished. The side benefit, he gets his life back. But the foremost, and anybody who denies this, is a piece of shit because they just can't look in the fucking mirror. Well, the reality is you're going to get that little stroke to your ego whether or not the guy cleans his shit up, right? Because, hey, I tried. I did the right thing. Look mm-hmm. at how wonderful I am. Oh, look at me. My head, my nose in the fucking air. I'm going to drown when it rains. I'm patting myself on the back. Like, even if you never tell another person, it's just something you keep to yourself. Even that mm-hmm. is a bit of a payoff because you're sitting there jerking yourself off over, like, what a great person you are. And you can smugly look at all the people around you and think, hmm, none of them has a clue what a wonderful person I am. Yep. Well, fuck you. And you know who I'm talking to. You're listening to me right now. You know this is personally about you. Fucking own your shit. You're not a good person. You're not fucking charitable. You're not selfless. You're a delusional, lying piece of shit. And so am I. And the second you say, I realize I'm doing it for myself as a benefit and for them, then you just start to be honest. You bring yourself out of that little fucking shit bucket just a bit because you're fucking owning the shit that's real. The real reason you're doing it is because it makes you feel good. Yeah, I agree with you. The that, side benefit you, is... You start hey, to be honest. Right. Because as long as you're pretending that this has anything to do with the needs of the person you're quote-unquote helping, I'm, I'm sorry. That's where we fucking part ways. Yep. It's 100% about what you're taking out of it because I know... I know, and I'm willing to admit this on the air, and I don't care how many people want to change their mind about me. I mean, if you still think I'm a good person at this point, fuck you. You're obviously more deluded than I thought you were. But the truth is, like Jason said, you know, he can go help out a a homeless person that he knows. He can feel good about it. 
You know, what about all the people he doesn't know that he doesn't help? I mean, I could walk down the street. I could have an extra 20 in my pocket that I know I'm going to blow on horse shit or like overpriced coffee at Starbucks and some fucking crappy baked goods that my fat ass doesn't need to ingest. I could walk right past the homeless people that are begging, that are literally starving, and I will not give a fuck because it's just not hitting me in the feels in that moment. Mm-hmm. And most times when we do help people that we don't know, it is 120% from guilt. Somebody was in some, a situation in the past we didn't help. Somebody did something in the past and we feel guilty about it. That kind of reminds us. So therefore, here you go. It is never just because, oh, I saw a homeless guy there and I gave him $2. Well, you know, like we're, we're talking about this and I'm even thinking about like some of the fucking like stupidity that I, that I do, right? Like, admittedly, I'm a terrible person mm-hmm. and I help when it feels good and only when it feels good. That mm-hmm. being said... Like, there's these lies that I even tell to myself, even, like, having admitted this shit here, I keep, like, five or six bucks in the center console of my truck. I know, I've taken it a time or two. <laughs> like, single dollar bills. And they are there specifically for, if I see some bum begging for change when I'm stopped at a red light, I can roll down the window and hand them a buck. Now, this isn't because, like, hey, this is, like, charity money that that, that fucking, like, means anything. Like, what's five bucks in my life? I fart and fucking five bucks is gone. This is all because I got to make eye contact with somebody and I feel awkward and fucking guilty, like you said, and shitty. And I can buy away that awkwardness and that guilt for the low, low price of one dollar. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking payoff. It's not charity, folks. It's fucking guilt. Okay, now here's something I'm going to say. That's a lot better than most people. That because is scary. Most people like, you know, we go on about being shitty people. The reality is we're just realistic people. We're not necessarily shitty people. We're just realists about who we are. You don't like it. Not our fucking problem, but most people will take 35 or 45 cents or pull a handful of change out, count out 60 cents and put it in a cup. They won't give a buck. They won't pull out a paper piece of money and put it in there or in, in Canada, a loony. They will count out the small change. Oh, I don't need this 65 cents. That's all I got left other than the loonies and toonies. And throw it in his cup. Saves me the hassle of pulling it out of my car seat when it falls out of my pocket. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what they're looking at. Yeah, and, and, and I know it, it's really easy to listen to like the words that we're saying here and thinking, wow, you guys are real fucking pieces of shit. But I got news for you guys. I think we're all pieces of shit. We never claim to be other than I mean, the the only real difference here is that we're fucking willing to, like, look ourselves in the mirror and admit this to ourselves. We know what motivates us. We're thinking about this shit. And, like, hopefully you guys are thinking about it, too. Like, I'm not saying stop being a shitty person. Just saying, like, when you're being a shitty person, (laughs) fucking recognize it. It's okay if you're accidentally helping some people while you're trying to pacify your guilt. There's no fucking harm there. Or maybe just a better way to put it is don't delude yourself and think you're a necessarily better person than anybody else because you're doing it. People are benefiting from your shittiness and that's okay. Yep. Making the world happier. Five cents at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. And speaking of giving money. Yeah. If anybody would like to like, you know, pacify their guilt by giving a couple of meager dollars to starving podcasters, you can go over to www.missionarypod.com and click on the Patreon link at the bottom of the page. Uh, Yeah, every little bit helps, guys. Thank you for listening. This is and always will be a politically incorrect version of the Missionary Position Podcast. 
Mission Studios, the Missionary Position Podcast, their employees, or its entertainers are in no way culpable for anyone being butthurt, slighted, or in any way offended. If you as a human being cannot accept that something may sound like a close resemblance to your situation and not be totally about you in your little remnants of an existence, that is your issue. Send your opinions, hate mail, food pics, full nudes, ideas, or questions in the form of an email to missionarypod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at missionarypod and like us on Facebook at Missionary Position Podcast. If you are so inclined to help this broadcast get better, or just wish to help out, our Patreon account is patreon.com slash missionarypod. 